0: Welcome to the No Clip Awards. I'm Chad Rutherman. I'm Andy Kinnick. And I'm JJ Artemis. It's the podcast that's like a book club. If your book club told you what games were the best in unusual categories. <laughs> <laughs> and today, uh, <laughs> we're going to be doing uh, the same thing that we did last year, actually, if you were here for that. Um, and we have our categories, our best ofs. Uh, various different topics and uh, JJ has returned uh, as requested by literally everyone uh, Thank you, thank you (laughs) to read off the category names and act as moderator because uh, do you know how many games uh, that we played this year that you've played before? No Probably like one. Ocarina, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, Ocarina <no> Outer Wilds.
2: <laughs> Outer, and Outer Wilds. Wilds. Okay. Also quality. Also a quality item. So we got like two mm-hmm. two possible things. Oh no. I'm not here to like provide information or importance. I'm merely here to like ensure that the two of you draw blood against one another <laughs> mm-hmm. in your intense verbal jousting matches.
0: And also occasionally make me insert a
2: bell sound effect into <laughs> <laughs> He's here to be the dishonorable judge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got this uh, nice sword, just for the purpose, just like every year. We need a name for this
0: sword. That's true. I think it does. I think it may be
2: supposed to be Excalibur. Yeah, the but, holy letter opener of you, Antioch. You can say that about like any sword that is moderately fancy, though.
0: That's true. I bought it in London, and I think it was at a, at like a gift shop. And I feel like there aren't that many famous British swords. <laughs> There are probably a lot of them, uh-huh. but I feel they, like... They might even be real. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like Excalibur is the one that they would sell at a gift shop. The
1: queen, like, has a sword, right? Uh, they do use a sword to knight people That's with, true. I don't yeah. know if it's a specific sword. It, I, it better be a specific sword. Yeah. But clearly.
2: Don't knight me with that trash sword. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? Uh-huh. Whatever. Speaking of knighting things with a trash sword... Let's begin...
1: Giving you something to edit out so I giggle my way. Uh, I'm glad to see that this joke is slaying already. Mm-hmm. 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 As
2: is traditional uh, for all Nookle, I have no idea what these categories are, mm-hmm. but am nonetheless maximally qualified to judge both of you <laughs> to ensure that they adhere to said categories. First down the line, what is perfect for the Steam Deck? We're, we start
0: strong with one that absolutely requires you to have listened to the previous
2: episodes, mm-hmm. and I've never listened to anything. Else. I don't know if you guys had strong feelings about Steam Deck. Uh, we we do not, uh,
0: but we've used a category in all previous episodes mm-hmm. called "perfect for the Switch," uh, mm-hmm. and this is the counterpart to that. Now that's that that Valve has entered the handheld console space oh, you mean one already has yes yeah. has has dominated
2: now that you can play pc games on the go mm-hmm. it's yeah and this is debatably
0: a
1: harder category to pick for because for. everything's already on steam
0: <laughs> yeah and that was always the problem is that everything would be like ported to the switch but now we're in a p- point where the switch is now fully populated with every game
2: that's been released in the last like eight years rough very rough well i can provide you no help here uh, but i will announce the candidates you two have chosen to bout to bout against one another mm-hmm. uh in this arena uh which is time splitters future perfect and what i think is a dollar sign and then the number three and then an apostrophe and then a the capital d world so money's three world Money's ThreeD World. So the reason I think that Money's ThreeD World is perfect
0: for the Steam Deck, uh-huh. um, it, it's a little—it's a game I have myself have made. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, my
2: choice was Mario 3D World. You didn't write the word Mario. That you know, would have would have helped. Super.
0: I, I, well, just 3D World should would be enough if you're me. <laughs> Which I didn't think about. We may encounter this problem in the
2: future. <laughs> Why did Only you... professionalism <laughs> here? Why would you make them smaller? You're trying to like sneak your way so that you can argue for different games that happen to be also be 3D. Yeah, I think as
0: you go through some of mine are just symbols
2: that I'm <laughs> hoping that you'll interpret in a way and that I can argue a different game. All right. Why is Super Mario 3D World a game that will definitely not be on the Steam Deck? Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect for the Steam Deck.
0: Yeah, despite the fact that it is never going to be on the Steam Deck, mm-hmm. it would be flawless for the Steam Deck. Uh, because 3D World and its ilk, so like 3D Land and uh, some of the other like Mario games no one talks about, like mm-hmm. new Super Mario Brothers, uh, are excellent portable games. And I've experienced this firsthand on the Switch um, because previously this game had only been released on the Wii U, Uh, because everything in it takes, like, one second to do. Like, a whole level of that game is, like, non-exaggeratingly about, like, a two-minute experience. So if you just had a Steam Deck in your jacket pocket and you could actually do the thing that they do in Switch commercials and be, like, on the bus and just pop that shit out
2: and... uh, Play a quick level, put it back in before your stop gets there. I see. I was good time for a clarifying question. Then, do we know what the size of the Steam Deck is? Does it have a size, or is it really just the perfect thing that we always imagine and want <laughs> it to be? it's uh, a valid question. I know that there are three different styles, but
0: I believe that all it is is storage space, and the actual size of the device is the same. Okay. I just
2: always imagine it's about the same size as the Switch.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Fair. All right. I'll just substitute. A switch, but better is what I will use (laughs) from this on. Time Splitter's
1: Future Perfect, though. Why is that better than the 3Ds worlds? Uh, So I picked uh, Time Splitter's Future Perfect because I feel like we talked about this on the episode. It's like a very fun, like, party game, like a party shooter. Um, And you you don't really get those so much anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. they're a lot more rare, I think, than they used to be. And I think it's a game that would benefit from, like, the uh, portability of the Steam Deck, because you could take it to other people's houses, and you could still have, like, the in-person co-op thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, the shooting would be, uh, like, assisted by having, like, a mouse cursor-style, like, touchpad thing. Like, And I don't know if the Steam Deck supports gyro or not, but if it does, that would be another... Uh, benefit to have for aiming as well now can
2: the steam deck be separated into like sub quadrants or controllers that can then be (laughs) distributed to those present for for gaming party fun i don't think it has detachable controllers <laughs> okay.
0: but it does have native Bluetooth support mm. so multi- multi- if you go to somebody's house as long as they have a game controller like a modern game controller mm-hmm. they will most likely
1: yeah. be able to connect it to it mm-hmm. yeah and you can hook it up to the TV and someone else can have their own on the couch etc etc or this they this isn't
0: an ad by the way for the Steam Deck <laughs> I have not myself
2: even purchased one no
0: uh, and
1: yet
2: we judge exactly what it needs
1: uh-huh. as
0: we should <laughs>
2: response individuals does it have a usb port could i plug my xbox 360 controller <laughs> this is too much this is eldritch knowledge <laughs> no man knows the presence of a usb port understandable well uh, i'm afraid chad that uh, i'm going to via my unbounded executive powers judge that in order for something to be perfect for a console mm-hmm. it must be although not presently eg- exited exit no Extent. scratch that Though not presently extant, uh, it must at least be hypothetically possible for the game to be on the console. So you were just right out. One point for the Kenick. All right. (laughs) In that case, Andy won by default because that might be the
1: only game that fits those qualifications. Uh, I think there was at least like two others. Like Metal Gear Solid 2 Mm -hmm. was another one. But anyway, continue.
2: Oh man, is Metal Gear Solid 2 on PC now? That's no. what I'm
1: saying. That's why it would be perfect for the Steam decks, because be it qualifies for the category. That is fair.
2: All right. Your next trial, <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Smashiest Balls.
1: A classic category.
2: Indeed. Fans.
1: Once again, <laughs> relying on past knowledge <laughs> for our first two categories.
0: Yeah. I think Smashiest Balls is
1: always the second one, but I might be lying. It's always in the first couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm you got to get the balls out of the way. Mm -hmm. You sure do. It's second because we all have two balls. You know what I'm saying? No. Boys. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Not at all.
2: All right. (laughs) Smashiest balls. Uh, Because the games themselves will need further description of their ball-like features, Mm -hmm. uh we're going to announce them one at a time here. Outer Wilds. What is the ball that is
1: smashy within uh, those wilds? The balls in the Outer Wilds that are smashed are the planets, mm-hmm. because Chad refused to use the landing cam and smashed his ship into planets all the time. Chad, why did you refuse to use the landing cam
2: designed for landing? Uh, I just <laughs> didn't feel like it was necessary. When
0: I could just smash... most. Okay, I'm rehashing a bit of content. Uh-huh. Most of my runs in Outer Wilds were on a single planet. Very rarely did I travel between them. This is fair. So I decided that my ship didn't matter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also fair. Also fair. It is just your safety orb. I don't even know if it's possible to hit the planet with enough force to kill you. I believe it is. It is. <laughs> I wonder how you've learned that. Uh, it's even easier when it's when it is a comet. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and competing for this ball smashiness. Uh, we also have Life is Strange, uh, which apparently, I believe it was spelled with the E at like at the end, but like above. <laughs>
1: so, I ran out of it space. Was, there was a G
2: and you added the E above. Yeah. So I don't know if that's some kind of like Umulat situation <laughs> where it changes the pronunciation. Yeah, it changes the
0: pronunciation to The Outer Wilds. This one's unanimous. Not really. Um, so I chose Life is Strange because I am on a quest, uh, a spiritual... Um, I'm always searching for new and better ways to interpret the prompt Smashiest Balls. Uh, We're going to get very abstract next year. I can almost guarantee it because (laughs) I decided to go with Smashiest Balls, Life is Strange True Colors for the festival that is had in the, (laughs) in the fourth chapter of Life is Strange Mm -hmm. Uh, because it was a ball in as it was a party and people danced there. And it was an absolute smash because every single person in the whole town made an appearance. It was a
2: graveyard smash? It was a graveyard smash. Better hurry, it gets on in a flash. I admit, that is a very compelling argument (laughs) and a creative use of the prompt. I will however point out that partially because you very obviously ran out of room on the small slip of paper (laughs) that we're putting in these things. You did not write life is strange, true colors. You just wrote, uh, Life I L F D R A N and then a line with an e on top of it. So there's I, no there's no denotation of colors. And I think if I was being a rules stickler here, I can argue that you did not nominate that game and that there was no smashed ball of any sort. Uh
0: uh-huh. Well, no, because then if we if I did nominate Life is Strange one, then there is the End of the World Party, which was also a Smash Ball. Ooh. And, Ooh. and well, we didn't play it this year. So yeah. yeah it's, I would be disqualified for other reasons. All you
2: had to do right now is just lie and say that you replayed Life is Strange 1 <laughs> on your own time in preparation. And then it
0: would be a real he said, she said, because Andy mm-hmm. would deny it, and I would
2: have to just argue against him. That is correct, yeah. And since I am the judge in this court, uh, I unilaterally deem uh, to believe you and that you have played Life is Strange 1 again, uh, because uh, I wish for you to win. A controversial statement for a judge Drake. <laughs> <So but> you <laughs> might argue. Perhaps
1: we're at your mercy
2: but you know mm-hmm. I always try and be bold I try and be the Cheetos of judges in mm-hmm. all things I do also want to shout out Andy's bravery
0: um for not mentioning that the planets are all orbs that are vaporized in a supernova
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I was gonna get there I was ready for more thoughts all okay. right but... vaporization is not smashing I mean, there's probably That's a smashing true. That's true I'd need to know a lot more about supernovas because there's no like there's no stuff in space to spread concussive force out it's just heat right, right. Yeah. it's just a wave of heat in which case no ball is smashed the ball is merely cooked well beyond what is safe the next category can't live without it <laughs>
0: No,
1: we can't live without the next category. JJ, what is it? Can't live without it. (laughs) Uh, So this category is a power-up in a game that when you think about playing the game without it, it seems, like,
2: bad you. seem like you you would fucking die? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you would feel bad. So,
1: like, the most significant power-up that, like, has the biggest impact on the game. All right. Like, my example is, like, in a Metroidvania, you're like, when am I going to get that double jump? Mm Mm-hmm. I see, I see.
2: Uh, It seems Chad has nominated
1: a short Hilsey.
2: Uh,
1: (laughs) I love this running gag. Uh I'm I'm going to assume
2: hike. Hike was the letter. That's correct, yeah. (laughs) Hike is a word. There is definitely a, a larger space between the line that is like the left side of the K and the carrot that is the right side of the K. There's a bigger space between those two K parts than between any other letter in the word hike.
0: (laughs) I was writing this, like, in kind of an awkward position. That's my defense.
2: Why did you do that? Presumably you could write it anywhere, in any position you wanted. You know, some people just do things the way they want to, all right? All right, so your defense is, in my defense, I do what I want, Chad Rutherman. 2021.
0: uh, Yeah. Also save that quote. It's going on my gravestone. Oh, good. Good.
2: Okay. So what is the power up in a short hike that you cannot live without? So I debated whether or not what I wanted to
0: mean here was the silver feather or the gold feather. And I think the gold feather is the one that makes the most sense for most players. Mm -hmm. Um, Though the silver feather is probably my actual true heartfelt answer. Um, For people who have not played a short hike, Uh, (laughs) Don't give me that look. No you dare. The gold feather uh, allows you to flap your wings, which is, as you just described, like the Metroidvania double jump, something you absolutely cannot play the game without Mm -hmm. uh, and is, in fact, the first quest in the game is to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is sort of what pushed me toward the silver feather because... Uh, the game isn't really the game until you get the gold feather okay but the silver feather makes you go higher and allows you to glide
2: by going crazy fast. That- doesn't sound like hiking, though. It's, it sure doesn't. There's no. There doesn't seem <laughs> to be any hiking involved with any of these powers.
0: Now, a short hike is, I think, the title of the game because the part of the game you spend hiking is short. just so short. Uh, <laughs> you spend a lot of it flying and climbing, um, and the silver feather makes flying an absolute fucking joy. Uh it's one of the most serene moments I think I had with movement in a video game this year. Mm-hmm. Uh
2: and I just adore it. I think it's great. All right. I understand. I too aspire to the serenity of not having to hike in circumstances <laughs> where I am told to hike. Andy, uh you went for the hook shot.
1: Yes, from Ocarina of Time. I'll I wrote th- down my answer instead of the game on this slip nice. on accident, but mm-hmm. uh yeah, I went with the hook shot because to me it's, it is that, like, Metroidvania double jump equivalent. Like, and, and he's, it's in, like, pretty much every Zelda game since it was introduced, mm-hmm. uh, since A Link to the Past. And it's that thing, I'm like, when am I going to get the hookshot? I hope it's not too many dungeons in this time. Uh, it's just such a cool uh, power. up And lots of other games that, like, take inspiration from Zelda include a hookshot style item because it's just that satisfying to use. And it's really useful in puzzles. Like being able to like zip across a gap.
2: Would you describe the feeling that you have when using the hook shot as some kind of like spiritually fulfilling serenity?
1: Uh, you know, I would. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, you know, zipping across like a gap where if you didn't have the hook shot, you would fall to your death is a pretty serene experience. <laughs> I'll also defend that to some extent. There's a there's an enjoyment.
0: Like, there's an element of real fun to it. You conquer that vertigo with the mm-hmm. hookshot. Mm-hmm. I don't want a, my use of a word to be the defining factor, I think, is
2: is why I'm I'm saying this. <laughs> well, thankfully, what you want doesn't matter, as only I am in control here. <laughs> nothing that you can do about it now. The sword has been bequeathed. I know this one, I'm really having a hard time, because I, it, we're really comparing something very basic that I know very well, that is definitely essential, uh, to
1: mysterious feathers that I know very little about and have nothing <laughs> to do with hiking. Is the silver feather the one you get, like, at the end for getting all the feathers? It is very close to the I, end. I, I, see, I, in my eyes, within Doc that points because it's not something you get to make use of throughout the vast majority of the game. An excellent there, argument.
0: There are two of them. Oh, there's and two of them. And one of them you can get, I think, after you get, like, four-ish gold feathers. Okay, uh, And it's it's like on an island that ah, you so don't have to fly towards. So it's itself. also hidden, though. But when you replay the game, mm-hmm. then you know where it is and you go get that shit. Well, well I wouldn't remember where it is because it's been like eight months since okay. I played it. But uh-huh. <laughs> I would look it up mm-hmm. and then
2: go get it in order to make the game more enjoyable. Your desperation is palpable with every <laughs> passing cell. And you have received the point for this round. <laughs> I desperately uh, hookshot, wish, by the baby. way, I'd like to say for future clip award scenarios, I want there to be like a cork board or perhaps some kind of wooden object behind me so that I can just like go carve. over a shoulder with the sword <laughs> mm. and just like carve your points as they go. And yeah. Well, we'll workshop that for next year. Good. I'm I'm glad to have given you more. The next category. Save the jumping for platformers. I'm assuming this is a category all about how you don't like jumping because it, like, takes too long or some shit. <laughs> it,
1: it's a game that's not a platformer with jumping in it where we think it was implemented badly. Yeah. Oh, I love this category. Oh, this is
2: close to my heart. And it's going to be really mad at me and also. All, and all the spite within it. You're nominees. There's fucking jumping in Outlast. Yeah. That... <laughs> That is alarming to me, and immediately from the word
1: go makes me highly, highly, (laughs) I believe a lot in you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, you want me to give my thing? I do. Okay. Speak. Okay. So in Outlast, you have a jump, Uh and I'm the kind of person that does like jumping in most games, even if it's bad, but when I was thinking about all of my choices, I I picked Outlast because I compared it to another game we played. This year, which was Resident Evil 7, mm-hmm. um, which do, it's a similar style game, like first person haunted house style horror game. And it ha- does not have a jump and it doesn't feel like it's missing anything for it. No. Uh, I think Outlast by I, I like what they're going for. We're trying to do something different. It just doesn't really add anything. Like there's a few parts where you have to like jump up on some boxes in an outdoor area, uh, which is one of the worst parts of the game. Uh, so if p- points for them for trying it but i just don't think it really adds anything
2: i can sympathize that it seems like the thing about houses haunted or otherwise is that they're designed very specifically to never require jumping (laughs) at any point if i went to someone's house and was asked to jump ever to reach any location uh i would be distressing to me uh chad your nominee uh, it seems to be blah and then a, like, quickly drawn picture of a rapier at the end. <laughs> well, yeah. It's because... Uh, to confirm with Andy that it's definitely just a rapier. <laughs> <or the last. laughs>
0: it does kind of look like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I'm glad I have final say in what goes into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I chose Xenoblade, and it isn't because the mechanic of jumping itself is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the game has fucking huge maps uh that are enormous and to do that as a flat plane would be a disservice to how good the game looks so by adding a little bit of like uh wavery landscape and more precarious areas um it really livens up the game and I think necessitates jumping. What I want to call out here uh, mm-hmm. is that this is a game that, as we talked about, very much likes to focus on its characters. Yeah. Uh, it makes friendship a mechanic of the game. Mm-hmm. And throughout the course of the game, your friends, your dearly beloved friends, will constantly hurl themselves off of cliffs. <laughs> Uh, off giant planet-sized beings uh-huh. uh, to their inevitable death on the beach below or into an unknown sea. Uh, and then they just pop back into existence right behind you. Okay. It is the silliest and most immersion-breaking thing I think I've ever seen in a video game. Uh, and, is, and they'll say voice lines while they do it. You'll uh-huh. be running around on top of the Mechonis... Um, a giant monstrous machine producing sword wielding Goliath, mm-hmm. and then Ryan will be like a loop and just
2: fucking hop off of it. Oh, shoot! <laughs> the voice lines are descriptive. <laughs> Of the fact that they are jumping. <laughs> yes! Is there any voice lines that are commentary after they get back? Like, oh, that was <laughs> no. satisfying. They'll just pop right back in as if they didn't just
0: do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Glad I got that out of my system. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't detract from the game uh, when we talked about it by mentioning this, but mm-hmm. it is just something that sticks in my mind
2: more than I ever thought that it would. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It seems traumatic for you. However, I, I would believe... At this present moment, that the fact that the game has imbued upon you this unforgettable experience as a result. Uh, of jumping being in the game uh, implies that the game was better for it and that it has enriched our
1: lives, even if it enriched you it also, in a way. You opened your statement with a counter argument to yourself. You did, yeah, <laughs> you did
0: a real bad well, job. I there. said that the the jumping was necessary in the game, yeah, but I, like you hit
1: on the thing I was gonna use as a counter argument uh-huh. that it leads to like more interesting like world of design. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can we get
0: another round in because I do want to counter. His Outlast. My
2: hand is hovering over the garbage pile for garbage arguments with, you, with your submission here, but I will I will jiggle it enticingly <laughs> as you say your final words.
0: I want to shout out that the best part of Outlast uh, is fold. Ju- no, um, is where you drop your camera and have to then go pick it up Mm -hmm. the worst part of outlast is that that takes 18 seconds to do but in order to set up that scenario at all they there is like a platforming section Mm -hmm. uh and that forces you to drop the camera so it is it in a similar way to xenoblade is a necessity to create the good things in the game Mm. um And also, I couldn't put Outlast because I, on the podcast, said that I liked the jumping in Outlast (laughs) because it is janky and goofy.
1: (laughs) That is only, like, one and maybe a couple other instances where the jumping's used for something good. Mm -hmm. 99% of the time it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sure is. Whereas it's the ability to jump in Xenoblade is adding more all of the time because you get the more interesting world. I agree.
2: Well it's unanimous then. You
0: know.
2: <laughs> Throw that into the trash. Another point. To Gryffindor. To the Andyman. Andy <laughs> so I should, like it. Yeah, you should just start going by that all yeah. the time. hmm Whenever you, you I have to introduce you at parties like I always do. <laughs> the Andyman. The You're yeah, Andy really good. That's supposed to imply, by the way, in the fiction of the podcast that I'm not just the judge here, I'm the judge everywhere. <laughs> of I all go. our lives. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> the next category. The most interesting, oh, excuse me, there's no the there. I've got to correct that. It's just most interesting depiction of an afterlife, which is a a very heady category in comparison to our others. We just had a weird number of games this year that included it. Well, all living beings definitely pondered their own death. True (laughs) death. True (laughs) death.
0: limbo uh just make sure it's not unanimous right no good um so i picked limbo and uh probably would have been a better uh like more it would have had more flow to it if i was the second one but uh is that a criticism of me no, no 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 it's okay. it's a that's ra- it's a criticism of random chance okay uh limbo Uh, as pretty much everyone who pays attention to video games uh, knows at this point is a big metaphor. Um, It it is essentially a four hour puzzle platform game that uh, is a depiction of this child's death. Uh, And it gives a lot of clues as to what happened, Mm -hmm. but it also leaves it ambiguous enough that there's a lot of, uh, sort of interpretation that has to be done on the part of the player in order to make the game say something that is specific to them. I think my favorite part about Limbo's depiction of the afterlife is because it is so non-specific; it is most closely to our human understanding of what lies beyond death,
2: in that we don't really know. Okay, so you think the most interesting depiction of an afterlife is the conscious choice to go through great effort to not depict an afterlife.
0: Well, it also has a big spider in it.
2: Okay, that's fair. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> that, that played so well, it's like we wrote it as a joke, <laughs> but it did. we did not. Mm. Grim Fandango.
1: Yeah, I picked a Grim Fandango because uh, the whole game is set in an afterlife. Um, the Eighth Underworld, mm-hmm. to be specific, um, from Mexican folklore. And I picked it because, one, it's got a lot of cool visuals and a lot of, like, creative, like, world design and everything. Mm -hmm. But, like, it creates such, like, an appealing environment that it's a part of the story that certain characters actually choose to stay here rather than moving to the ninth. Um, And they choose to, like, you know, try and gain power in this afterlife. So I feel like there's a lot of cool, like, visual elements that make it seem like a place you'd actually want to visit. Why would I want to visit the afterlife? Well, I mean, you're gonna have to go there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be greeted with something cool than than something depressing. Aren't there like seven like spiders? <laughs> yeah. Are
2: there like seven other like pre-depressing afterlives? I don't know, actually. Hmm. It sounds like there's a lot of mystery in this afterlife structure. <laughs> I feel like well that's, kind of like that's five, gonna be true of any afterlife. It would be kinda of rough <laughs> on me
1: to be like, mm-hmm. Oh, I've gotta get through another life after this one. I and do and then two more. I do have a an argument against Chad's pick. All right limbo depicts limbo which is a state between life and the afterlife and not actually the afterlife oh
2: this is the kind of pedantry that i just suck up like a sponge Chad, right. do you have counter pedantry
0: yeah i just don't agree with that statement i think life is pretty binary <laughs> limbo at least biblically is a space between heaven and hell not between life and death that's actually not true <laughs> Oh. It, it, limbo, at least biblically, in the way that I understand it, which is incomplete and not correct, is a space between heaven and hell and not between life and
1: death. Yeah, it's a place everyone goes when they die until the world ends uh, and you get to be accepted to heaven or hell. All I
0: right. think definitionally, though, that is afterlife. Yeah, uh, are you alive the The
1: afterlife is heaven, not limbo. Limbo is the state in between.
0: I think we might be I think the I think the issue may actually be with the word the here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In which case if that is the definition then the eighth afterlife or the eighth fuck what is it called underworld the eighth underworld isn't the afterlife
2: it's the ninth where they're trying to go on the train and it was a depiction of an afterlife was the category not the afterlife well there you go okay assuming that we agree that limbo is afterlife even if it's not the afterlife <laughs> right it would, it would still qualify even if it's not all right the capital, i'll accept this the capital a yeah am i am i to take that acceptance
1: <laughs> no, let me try that. Let me try that one again. <laughs> I mean, I made a counter argument. I was going to let Chad make one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you made a counter argue against Grimfandango? Yeah,
0: uh, uh, Grim Fandango is dope. I I love <laughs> the afterlife in it. I have no counter argument. It's a, it's a tough choice. I think these are both great.
2: I actually agree. Wholeheartedly. I however, I do think, Chad, you need to stand up for yourself okay. a lot more if you're going to have any chance to make up the deficit that you're <laughs> currently building here. In that case,
0: uh, the issue that I have with the 8th Afterlife, or the 8th Underworld, is that you describe it as a cool place. Uh, And I agree from the perspective of of a game player. As a resident, it seems kind of ass. There's a lot of people... It is basically a mob town Mm -hmm. that is run by criminals in order to cheat people who get there out of their chance at moving on to a better afterlife.
1: It's better than a world that's trying to kill you at every turn.
2: Sure, but that's not why I like it. (laughs) True, true. That is why you like this one. (laughs) And you know, I also think it's pretty boring to pick our most interesting depiction of an afterlife as something relatively in line with life presently, which, as far as we understand, outside of the aesthetics of life, Mm -hmm. that Green Fandango changes rapidly, uh, you are still just kind of dealing with all those gangsters and all those corrupt politicians, <laughs> am I right? You're Boys so right. Girls. <laughs> uh,
1: so
2: you Jay, to, don't like...
1: say that around my pet giant spider. That's fair. So, <laughs> but you get to smoke and drink as a skeleton. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
2: I, I'm very glad that I, cl- I coaxed this bold stance out of you, Chad, as, as you've earned this point. Uh, <laughs> Grim Fandango is going to go into the trash pile, uh, also known as the past, where it belongs. <laughs> you done sucking up your nutrients yeah no that's good thank you
0: (laughs) it was just the very it was it felt like an abrupt shift
2: to Uh, me i don't know it's understandable the next category a warm blanket across my shoulders a shawl that i know well least likely to be compared to dark souls Mm. I have to say, every day day that I have spent (laughs) away from this podcast is one less Dark Souls comparison in my life. Yeah.
0: I mean, yes, that is true. Mm -hmm. However, I do want to argue that we could have potentially done a category called most likely to be compared to Dark Souls this year. Mm -hmm. Because there was a a wealth of choices.
2: Okay. Well, of those choices that are the opposite of the Mm -hmm. choices you just described, Mm -hmm. what was submitted was Telling Lies... Which I'm hoping is the name of a game and not a description of the activity. Is that correct, Eddie? <laughs> yes.
0: Telling Lies literally is a lot
1: like Dark Souls. Mm-hmm.
0: But the game, not so much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so I picked Telling Lies because it's an FMV game, mm-hmm. very unlike Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're watching video clips to try to figure out, to piece together a story, so it's a uh, human drama, you know, like a day-to-day, like, very, like, kind of normal thing going on. Um, it's it, it not fantasy, I guess is what I'm trying to say, in a roundabout way. Um, and, yeah, it, it's like a desktop simulator. Like, uh, so, I feel like the act of, like, sitting at a desktop watching video clips of FMV people and piecing together a story is pretty far away from hitting skeletons with a sword. Mm-hmm.
2: And our other contender, and this time I'm going to go with before going through full arguments. There's always two discrete steps in the least likely to be compared to Dark Souls category an argument <laughs> oh, right. pro at being unlike Dark Souls, and the counter argument that each of you will provide mm-hmm. that is an attempted comparison to Dark Souls. So start your thoughts now. But the second presented candidate uh, is Donut Country. Which really makes me think that these aren't games, and the further we get into the actual show, (laughs) I'm just going to start writing just more like nouns and verbs and shit on these. And because you know that I don't listen to any podcasts ever, and uh, there's no way for me to tell. That's true. I could have just. This would have been the most elaborate prank ever. (laughs) JJ, could you please drive multiple hours so that we can just sit here and make you say fake words? (laughs) I don't put it past you. So tell me what. The lie that is Donut Country is, Chad. Mm-hmm. Well, the first lie is that it's called Donut County. I may have written country. I'm not even going to say that I didn't. <laughs> I think it really hinges on whether or not this is a U or an N. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will leave that to the philosophers. There's no
0: way to know. Yeah. Um, so Donut County was my choice um, because uh, actually similarly to... Uh, Telling lies as being a desktop sim- simulator. It is also a game where you do not control a character directly.
2: Mm. Um,
0: it is also a bright game with a lot of colors, uh, and the story is mostly about making friends, um, which are all I would argue pretty uh, dissimilar to Dark Souls. Uh, on top of that, I, I would also like to say that there is no uh, mystery uh to the level design you get put out and everything is a is a is like a panorama where you just can see all the stuff and your goal is just put it all in a hole baby <laughs> uh you move a hole around and and drop stuff into it uh and like maybe there will be something under a thing that you didn't see uh, but very quickly, that thing goes right down the hole, too. And it does not make a big impact uh, one way or the other.
2: Man, that's, there's a metaphor behind that whole last sentence that I'm worried <laughs> about really addressing. Uh, Andy, why is this hole-filling game like Dark Souls?
1: Uh, it has a boss fight in it. Uh, it, it the, when the characters go down into the hole, they're in like an underground space that could be similar to like a catacombs. And they sit around a bonfire. Ooh, ooh, that last one's pretty rough. The,
0: there is a. Did it, when they sit around. It's a. It first. It is a garbage fire in a trash can. Sure,
1: they call them bonfires in Dark Souls, but they're really just campfires. Are so. you implying that that the? bonfires in dark souls are composed of trash no but i mean (laughs) i was just trying to cut off another argument that it's not actually a bonfire i do believe
2: you can canonically just throw any shit into the bonfire in some dark souls games to turn them into souls yeah dung pies am i making that up i don't think you can burn items for souls in a in any
0: dark
1: souls game no i don't think you can either but that's a cool idea
0: oh thank you
2: The real winner here is JJ for his new job at From Software. Yeah, my victory was never in dispute, though. Ch- Chad, why uh, is Telling Lies like Dark Souls? Mine's going to be a little abstract. Um, I think
0: that Telling Lies is a game that is, at its core, about exploration. It is not of an area, mm-hmm. but it is exploration of a vast amount of video footage. A, a complaint that we had about telling lies was that the, the when you searched for something, rather than like its predecessor, it's broken being broken up into 30-second clips mm-hmm. or less that you watch the entirety of, you actually will start at the point in the video where the word you're looking for is said – and so you have to scrub back and forth through the video to find the meaning within it. Mm-hmm. And I think more than anything, that constitutes ex- like an exploration
2: um, in the way that searching an area in Dark Souls does. I see. I see. I ruminate on this for a time. And I believe I have come to my decision. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank God. We just, just for the listeners' benefit, we cut out one. Aeon uh, of, of rest and deliberation.
2: <laughs> oh, you guys are so accommodating of me to have sat upon these microphones for eons <laughs> deliberating about what is and is the, not. Yeah, This is now the
1: most interesting afterlife. <laughs> this is the greatest metaphor for a video game podcast ever told. <laughs>
2: Chad wins. It's donut country. How dare you suggest that the bonfires in Dark Souls are similar to trash? They are not. Dark Souls is the best video game, obviously.
1: I didn't make that comparison. I just said the characters sit around a fire. Uh, So now you're a liar, too, on top of everything else. You can check the evidence. I never said that Dark Souls fires were trash. We lost that evidence eons ago. That's true. It is one eon ago that I said that.
0: Thank God now we record digitally instead of onto magnetic tape like we did before the the Great
2: Rest. (laughs) Ah, The next category. Best Soundtrack. Why did I say that? <laughs> I thought maybe we had written it on yeah. the envelope as strange. No, out of all out of all the times, you did put like a little bend in there as if there I was a space. I did leave a little space, yeah. But I, I think that one was on me. I will never, never let either of you say that I have no humility within my soul. <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: pre- so sorry. I'm pretty sure that this is all a ruse. And he's he's trying to show weakness so that we'll try something and then he will fucking
2: eviscerate us. This was the plan that I made through the last e- eon where I tricked you into giving me all the time that I needed to determine how to amass power best. Uh, We have just the word Zelda written down. Yep. Just A. Which one? It's
0: Occurative Time. It's the one we did this year. Okay, all right. We're getting near the end of the categories where I stopped writing whole game titles. (laughs) You could debate I never
2: started. Fair. (laughs) Why? I did not know you liked Ocarina of Time's soundtrack. I said on the podcast, um, the line,
0: also, we should mention that Ocarina of Time invented good music in video games, Whew. which is a was a, a bold statement at the time, Very. but when I reflect on it, it really is like the granddaddy of uh, how we sort of, and you could argue that, earlier Zelda games featuring similar soundtracks are the actual granddaddies mm-hmm. but when somebody thinks about classic video game music once they're past chiptune the very next thing they're going to think about is Ocarina of Time mm. uh, and I think that it being sort of like a, a uh, not a pallbearer that's for dead things <laughs> uh, a flag bearer for
2: like this era of music it kind of deserves the nod I see I see you really made up from a stumbled start there. After just writing the word Zelda, <laughs> I'm, I'm just writing Zelda. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty tempted by your
1: honeyed words. Uh, what about Xenoblade Chronicles, though? Uh, I picked Xenoblade Chronicles because I feel like a lot of music nowadays in video games mm-hmm. tries to emulate like film scores and to try to be a background element. And I feel like Xenoblade is a game that came out in, like, the PS3, 360 era when that was becoming a trend and just flew right in the face of it. Like, it, it feels like it has that kind of classic, like, Square Enix-style, like, RPG soundtrack, where it's, like, all the themes are super memorable and feel like they're a big part of the game. Um, it's one of those soundtracks, like, you'll play the game you'll remember all the songs, you'll want to buy the soundtrack and listen to it. Um, it's just, it's, in my opinion, like, post, like, 2010, it's, like, top three best video game soundtracks, maybe. Mm. Uh, it's just that great.
2: Honeyed words I think, all yeah, the more.
1: Ocarina of Time's soundtrack walked so that Xenoblade could run. <laughs> A th- a excellent soundbite for the papers that I will be writing <laughs> uh, to let the
2: world know the result newspapers or academic papers? Both <laughs> okay. I mean you've got to talk to the people both high and low True. I'll dumb it down of course for the newspapers <laughs> you can't really engage with them on the full Xenoblade Chronicles level
1: I have to use find a substitute word for chronicles God the Xenoblade Chronicles is like the name of a newspaper <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is <laughs>
2: God, how did you feel about the xenoblade chronicle soundtrack it fucking slaps it slaps so hard mm-hmm. um like like an ass it slaps like
0: a big fat ass Good. uh it's a game that i i compared the music in it to feeling more natural to have a wailing guitar solo than a guy in leather pants uh, so, I, I can't say shit about Xenoblade as a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good one, and the music's real good. It is subjective. I see. But I see. I, that's my one argument. Maybe you don't like it.
2: If you were <laughs> in the outside world, this would be a question of subjectivity. But, again, here I am the judge, and thus there is only one set of norms that you should be appealing to, uh-huh. and, and it is mine. And you would do well to remember that in the future. Andy. <laughs> Uh, how do you feel about the Ocarina of Time soundtrack?
1: Uh, the Ocarina of Time soundtrack is great. I do love Koji Kondo a lot. But like, I, to make an argument against it is that the soundtrack, the original soundtrack for Ocarina of Time, is MIDI. And that's not to everybody's tastes.
2: Mm-hmm. In contrast to Xenoblade
1: Chronicles, which you would recommend to everybody? Yeah.
2: Literally everybody? Yeah. How I, your
1: mom would think would feel Could you? It. I would actually put on the Xenoblade Chronicles soundtrack to see what my mom thought of it. And
2: that is all that I needed to hear. The winner, Andy Kenick. I think
1: I actually have.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, his mom also likes, like,
0: Kansas. And I feel like if you like a good, like... Chunky guitar riff than the Xenoblade soundtrack would appeal to you.
2: Oh, there's a band called Kansas. Oh yeah, yeah, no, not like yeah. I thought it's like you were implying that like if you can love Kansas, you can love anything.
1: Uh, We're not in Kansas anymore.
2: Editor's note: I am implying that. Good. (laughs) (laughs) The next category: most hipster indie game, which is very judgmental category. (laughs) <laughs> You're my I picked
0: what is debatably one of my favorite games uh, that we played this year. I so uh, it's if it's judgmental, it's judgmental of people like me.
2: <laughs> How many years do you guys think it's been since people stopped saying the word hipster on like a, you know, a
1: usual basis? Like five? Yeah, some, somewhere in that vicinity, probably. <sighs>
0: okay. All I was right. going to say like three.
1: All right. All right. Either way, we're it's, it's an
2: acceptable range. I won't make you hash out this of all disagreements. You got to save that argumentative energy uh-huh. for the trials to come, uh, one of which is of course right now, uh, in the form of
1: Oxenfree. Uh, okay. Yeah. I picked Oxenfree. I was looking through the list, and I feel like there were a lot that like maybe had like a hipstery aesthetic, mm-hmm. but I felt like Oxenfree. Well, it kind of also does, but I feel like it's a game about hipsters. Like I think all the characters are. Would qualify, um, and that pushed it over the edge for me. Uh, they can't just like you know hang out and drink beer. They have to go to a cool remote island to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> not an untobogganed head amongst them. Yeah, toboggans, <laughs> flannels, eighties uh, vests. Like one of them's an alligator. I think.
2: Was <laughs> <laughs> that a different game? That's about, a different game about hamsters <laughs> <laughs> drinking beer alone. <laughs> They all bleed together, you know, just like the whole time. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's your guys' job to make sure you can separate them out of my mind. Uh, much like you're going to have to define for me Hypno Space Outlaw, another game that definitely sounds fake. <laughs> 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 and like a game they would be playing in the background He's onto of, us. of Cowboy Bebop, 100%. Uh-huh. Ed would be all over this shit. What is this game? Hypno Space Outlaw. Uh, yeah,
0: for your benefit, what you do in Hypno Space Outlaw is not really... The source of how hipster it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Hidden Space Ella is a game that takes place in a fictional, like, 2002 or something. Awesome. Oh, it's in the 90s. I don't think it's I
1: think it's early it might be it's 90s not, and then there's like a time jump yeah
2: is it like postulating that if 9-11 never happened then we would like already Actually, be in I space I think it's more
1: like Y2K yeah oh cool yeah.
2: uh, alright
0: and it, it is uh, in a world where everyone has virtual reality internet access awesome through a weird it, and basically everything is a weird fucking mashup between GeoCities and MySpace all f- fucking dope God. yeah this game is dope as hell Um, but there's a there's a core to hipsterism Mm -hmm. in addition to the, like, uh, you know, having, like, a particular set of tastes. uh, And it is irony. Mm -hmm. Irony is a big part of hipster... And this... Bleeds fucking irony, uh every single joke is ironic. Every song of which there were dozens written for this game, specifically uh the concept of chill wave is the hipsteriest thing I've ever heard uh and I adored this game because I am a
2: fucking bad hipster. <laughs> well, from the sound of it, I think I adore it too. Uh, And I, unlike you two, have shame and will not allow anything that I love to be called a a hipster interest. Uh So for that reason alone, uh, I, I think I am going to select Oxenfree just immediately, just as the victor, so that I can feel good about playing Hypnospace Outlaw on my own time. Uh, so I, I thank you for enriching my life, Chad. Uh, yeah,
1: you would definitely like it.
2: Yeah, yeah. If if you continue to find ways to lose that also benefit me, I might pay you back for it at a later date. I'm not above fixing uh, my judgments. All right. The next category. Most improved. I did that one as a sound bites. So that if any of you wanted to like cut that out and use it in a video game, I could do that.
1: Yeah. Bit crunch it. Mm-hmm.
2: What's bit crunching?
1: Like you take the audio and you have to like reduce the quality to make the file size t- smaller. So, and it sounds like digital.
0: Oh, it's like it, what happens if you download and re-upload
1: a
2: YouTube video
1: a bunch of times. Gross. Yeah. So any like voice clips in like older video games usually have that quality to them.
2: Uh, oh yeah. I got that PS one. Yeah. Good naughtiness. Mm-hmm. It feels like can, a little fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. It's like the granola of sounds.
1: Good, it, it Granola is kind of like that, yeah. It's <laughs> podcast sponsor, Granola Sound. Sound. Yeah,
2: don't fucking question it. <laughs> all right, so I'm assuming what is what we're measuring improvement relative to is prior iterations of the game. Is that fair? That's kind of how I took it, yeah. All right, all right, good. Then, in that case, our first sequel to be judged upon its improvement, Psychonauts 2.
1: All right, I picked Psychonauts too, because I feel like while I liked the game a lot, I feel like the the uh, improvements that the sequel made are like exactly the things that were like the shortcomings of the first one. Like I feel like it had this like hub world that it kind of like dropped as the game went on and became a lot more linear. Like the second one has like a really cool hub world mm-hmm. um, that spans like multiple like different areas um and i feel like it it felt like the story kind of fizzled out it had like too many villains and like some of them didn't get like uh the time of day and just made the plot more confusing and felt like there was cut content and like psychonauts 2 just really delivers and feels like a full realized version of what the first one was going for
2: i see very stewy uh, and Life is Strange, I assume True Colors? Yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. accurate. Uh-huh. I would congratulate you almost did the last two letters of Strange right. If you just had a, that curve to that G instead of making it a wrong Q, you could have really gotten there. So so why? what did True Colors do that was so much better than our cherished game of Life is Strange? Uh, well, it did it better than Life is Strange 2. Uh, mm.
0: And I think this is really the censure, is that Life is Strange 2 is a garbage fire um it life is strange 2 is a game that took its predecessor and identified correctly everything it did that made it good and did the opposite of it Ooh. uh you don't spend any time with the characters your the story is much less relatable as a human being things are way out of line as far as like what you expect from reality which was sort of the charm of the first game and the third game fixes most of that Uh, The third game is like, I mean, I can speak from my own experience, uh, replace what I'm about to say with a a gooder movie, Mm -hmm. uh, if you disagree with me. But Life is Strange 3 is like The Force Awakens, if you watched all of the original trilogy- And then you watch the prequel trilogy and we're like, oof, I don't know if I want to continue with this Star Wars thing. And then The Force Awakens made you go, I think they might
2: understand why this was good. Okay. All right. I I can see that understanding of the world. But I I admit I'm hard-pressed to agree. Because when I think about someone who is most improved, I want to judge that person holistically. You know, if I looked at someone... To some like old guy in their 50s who's like swimming down at the swimming hole, mm-hmm. and like they're like your time is really up this year compared to last year, <laughs> but like when they were 20, you know their time was like way way better than anything they can ever do because they're old and like gonna like die like sooner than before. Uh-huh. Uh huh. At least 60 years. I would still say that like overall their their trajectory has been down. I would never call <laughs> an old guy who gets better at swimming than he was last year like like oh you're so improved. I would that seems almost like an insult to that guy. In fact, I think he would be mad to hear you say that. But
0: if you were a great swimmer, yeah. And then you this is a this is bad. Actually, you're a swimmer at the Olympics. Yeah. And in one year you swim at the Olympics and you get uh from the judges, equal scores. The swim judges, yeah. The swim judges. Do they do the thing where they hold up signs at
2: the Olympics? That's diving. That, that is diving. diving, yeah. It's so not actually you're... swimming. It's not like swimming through the air is diving.
0: I tried to match your metaphor, but I guess I'm going to have to change it a bit. Mm-hmm. You're a diver, and the first year you go and the second year you go... And you get the same score both times. But one of them thinks that you did a much better job with this form. And another one thinks that you did better because the splash wasn't as big when you landed. Mm -hmm. But overall, the average for both was about the same that's more insulting because second one is a perfectly good game. That doesn't
2: feel like an unfinished pile of garbage. <laughs> I don't know. I played that game, notable hater of platformers and I hated it. So oh,
0: it was pandering. Why didn't I think of this?
2: <laughs> Indeed. Once again, you have recognized the secret pandering uh-huh. to the no clip awards. Uh, and, but you do are going to need to convince me, Andy, Mm-hmm that I, hater of platformers, would think Psychonauts 2 was better?
1: Uh, I, I think you probably would because I think similarly to something like Mario Odyssey, it's, like, a lot more streamlined and, like, more modern. Like, anything that you probably found, like, tedious about the original has been smoothed out. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to, like, use the bacon to, like, extract, and, like, the smelling salts and, like, the traveling around and everything is a lot more, like smooth and it controls a little bit better and it's just like yeah, it's just more modern and plays better and I do think you would enjoy it a lot more
2: excellent pandering i love smoothness point to you andy <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was going to be unanimous.
1: Oh yeah, I was See, like, I
0: agreed with what JJ we hate. Life is strange two so much <laughs> that it is unbelievable to even consider another yeah, option. I was, ag-
1: I agreed with what JJ was saying. Like, I thought about it, and I was like, I think Life is Strange one is better, and then just stopped thinking about it.
2: That oh, even if it wasn't, <laughs> the fact that you even had to consider it implies that the gap between where oh, yeah. it started and where it is is not that big.
1: Oh, no, Life is Strange 2 is terrible.
2: Yeah, if, if the category was Best Recovery, chew in, 100%.
0: This is such a... that is That could be the name of this category, and <laughs> it would literally be no different, except we would have to require it to be Games that are 3 in the
2: series. Agreed, agreed, I agreed. And sometimes these things are important. The next category, Non-Philosophical Content for Gamers. <laughs> Another beloved category.
1: (laughs) So this one is basically the opposite of the Bending Over BAFTA award that we had a few years ago, Mm -hmm. um, where it's like a game that's just all about its mechanics and does not care about appealing to like your... um, emotions yeah like i don't know it doesn't want to seem like high-minded or heady or like art
0: all right all right it
1: just wants to be like pure game play. and it is
0: a callback to something that
1: you
2: said <laughs> on the very first noclip awards good good speaking of things that you said chad mm-hmm. you said uh puzzle league which i assume is puzzle It's, and p- it's assume, pizza, actually and i assume is pokemon puzzle league because i i guess i actually don't are there other puzzle league games i like is that like a series that pokemon was so branded after
1: i think it's the name of the series is like paddle depon or yes. something like that in what japan what a stupid fucking name don't make- <laughs> <laughs> Fun of the Japanese culture, no, um, but it's like it's Tetris Attack was what it was called on the Super Nintendo. It's like it is a series, but that's been called like ten thousand different things. Like every time they release a new iteration, it's got a different name. Hmm, and one of those iterations was Pokemon Puzzle League. Yes.
2: Well, I, I will admit when I think non-flop. non-falafel content
0: for eating and this
2: is rare not thinking about falafels I definitely think about Pokemon Puzzle League so this seems like a good fit I feel like if there was few things in my life that would be as bereft of conscious thought as playing Pokemon Puzzle League Um, but I would love to hear you really hammer that point home
0: I thought that was a lead in to it being somehow a unanimous vote which would be wild to me no um I could not tell you beyond just guessing based on prior experience with the series what happens in Pokemon Puzzle League. Pokemon Puzzle League to me is a game where the only similarity that it has to a narrative experience is that you have to press a button to begin it.
2: Every other thing is just playing Pokemon Puzzle League. Could you hypothetically port Pokemon Puzzle League to a physical cabinet composed of objects? I don't see why not. Good job. Uh, Andy. (laughs) What is Ollie Ollie, uh, and why is it for stupid people?
1: <laughs> uh, ollie Ollie is an indie game that's uh, about skateboarding. Um, it's it's a mechanical, like almost kind of like an endless runner. Like you're just moving constantly. No, you you make yourself move. So never mind. Are that.
2: you ollieing? Is that
1: you do, you do have do to ollie. do tricks, <laughs> okay. but like it is probably one of the most mechanically demanding, if not the most of all the games we played this past year it's really hard it it also has no pretense of a story you just go to different locations and you do the skateboard courses um and it has like leaderboards so you know it's pandering to those people who want to just be real good at it and mm-hmm. show everybody uh it's for pro elite gamers um so yeah yeah no story super hard and mechanically like demanding
2: i see unfortunately
1: no, no philosophy Here, dear readers.
0: (laughs) The t shirt your skateboarder wears says no philosophy (laughs) here. Which itself would be a
2: very complex philosophical statement. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah. That,
0: our original version of this, just as a sidebar, mm-hmm. the original version of this category was is there a game that rejects philosophy? Because the idea was we we just wanted this title. We liked the title, thought it was funny. And we were like, that is kind of a philosophy though. And so we we created a paradox or potentially a tautology
2: and then just gave up.
0: <laughs> and we said, what if we did the game, the, the skateboard game? <laughs> Much like
2: philosophy itself, it sounds. So you've really followed the track back to its beginning. But I, I'm afraid, Andy, that when I think of Endless
1: Runners... It's not do. actually an endless runner. Okay, then what is it? It's you actually make yourself move. I was just mistaken and thinking that you just moved automatically, but you do have to push with your foot and make it. So it's kind of like you could think of it's it it's
0: like, like a downhill jam. It's yeah. Do you know a downhill
2: jam? Think, I know of downhill jams. You jam, could think yes. of it a
1: little bit like a platformer, but you're moving downhill and you have to jump over gaps and things. Okay. Like you're, you know, you you complete a level like a skateboarding level.
2: Mm-hmm. Is it? purely a series of tests that you must Ollie past or is there like many spate- skateboarding games before it, a level of like self-expression involved?
1: Uh, there is. you do have different tricks that you can perform.
2: And thus your fate is sealed <laughs> Pokemon puzzle League for Chad, the victor.
1: I will say as my after the fact counter argument mm-hmm. that I don't usually engage with games with that kind of gameplay. And for me the appeal of it was the Pokemon licensing. Uh and not the actual gameplay itself as much. That's fair. That would have been my counter argument. Not a super strong one.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have come up with the self expression counter argument if I was given the opportunity. Yeah. I think they were both pretty good options, I gotta
2: say. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a well 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 thought. Let's <laughs> good job. Yep. A friendly sportsman like handshake. Let's
2: see how long this lasts. All right. Your next category.
1: I've been looking forward to this one. Oh. The, the newlywed game. So this one uh-huh. is, we both tried to guess the other's least favorite game we played this year. <laughs> oh, God. And here I thought it was like going to be
2: a category either where both of you just said it takes two or talked about fucking. So I'm going <laughs> attempted yeah. guess instead. We're going mm-hmm. to assess the
1: current state of our marriage.
2: Yes. Are we away? I'm gonna pull up mine to make sure I'm not cheating. Oh, so you guys both have this written down in advance? I didn't. I I have my, I'm not my gonna my lie, hand to God. Uh-huh. I'm not
1: gonna change my answer. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah. wait. No I, no, I didn't write it.
0: Back. We should probably just have this one not really play into the point system if we either both get it or, well, I guess, it, or both
2: miss it. Because we would have to, it, it makes no difference either way. Oh, no, no. The points don't have to be exclusive by category. If you both get it right, I'll put this slip of paper in both of your paper piles. You're so kind. I am. Thank you. <laughs> He's a benevolent lord. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Andy's guess for Chad's least favorite game of the year is Pokemon Puzzle League. Okay. Do you want to explain?
1: Yeah. So I, I had it narrowed down to like four things. Mm-hmm. And then I re-listened to the episode and you like specific quotes from you are like, I don't like match three games. Like you specifically call out the fact that you don't like it. It's so much so that we spend like 15 minutes, that's that's a huge exaggeration.
0: The episode's only like 30 minutes Five
1: minutes just talking about the 2BA Master soundtrack instead of the game. (laughs) And it seems like anything that you actually liked about it is that there's Pokemon in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um,
0: those are good assumptions to make because that's the one I chose. Ooh, all right. <laughs> then one bonus point. I got the documentation
2: right here. <laughs> it's in parentheses. I have confirmed. Excellent work. Excellent work. Uh, and now, Chad's guess for Andy's least favorite game of the year. This was harder for me than I think it would have been for you. <laughs> it was. I, this one was hard. Okay. I,
1: I did labor over like the last four choices for a while.
2: All right, all right. Nanotale.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: I I picked Nanotale because we both had a lot of like not complaints necessarily, but like things that drag it back from being like like as we played Na- uh, Epistore and we were like this is really unique and interesting. The for your benefit, Nanotale is a sequel to Well, not a sequel, but like the spiritual successor to Epistore, the typing game where you ride the fox. Mm-hmm. A lot of issues with the the way that the game played it had like kind of a messy mechanical front to it uh and what and also just didn't seem to do much for you on top of the fact that the story wasn't extremely good and also you don't engage with typing games on the level that i think i do which is why it got brought up in the first place
1: that's my that was my reasoning uh it's actually wrong I figured it was when you said, oh, really? Yeah, I actually <laughs> said on the episode I like it more than story."
0: I didn't re-listen
1: to shit, so. Yeah, uh, my least favorite game was Downwell. Oh, that you does didn't track. You not like Downwell? No, I don't care for it. Oh, is it because of all the falling? <laughs> I am afraid of heights, but uh, no, that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm no longer I, I, interested yeah. in exploring why you yeah. dislike Downwell. I, just, I found it off-puttingly hard and not, like, Fun or interesting, you know. Like for me, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Your next category, perfect for the switch, which is in here. Surprise! We ah! weren't gonna do it. We got you. <laughs> you did get me. Thank you. I'm glad it wasn't replaced because after the Steam Deck comes and goes after its inevitable Valve hardware failure, like all of the others that they have always done, we, we this will I think live longer in the minds mm-hmm. of our children. Everyone will remember perfect for the switch because every YouTube video for
0: like a whole year only said those words. Yep. Including ours.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's very hypnotizing. Oh, uh, actually, I don't know if these are the same because of the typing. Uh <laughs> We could have a duplicate. We could have our first unanimous, which uh-huh. I will also award just a shower of bonus points for it would be great, uh, but Andy, uh, you said Metal Gear Solid Two. It yes. seems.
1: Uh, you want me to explain it?
2: No, because I want to confirm whether or not they're the same. Uh-huh. Uh, Chad, you wrote MGSL. Uh, so I picked uh, Mega Gun Slug Level. Uh, oh, Sons because... of Liberty. I'm sorry. I really need to save my gamer card. It was like slipping now, out of my knuckle. That
0: L is supposed to be a 2. It is just, M- I just wrote MGS2. Oh my God. Yep.
2: <laughs>
1: there is really nothing there. Hold your
0: gamer card. You've earned it. Thank you.
2: There's not- as an
1: l, yeah, that sure does look a lot like an l if archaeologists
2: mm. would have found this before <laughs> I got to you to clarify these things uh-huh. it's like
1: you have the like exact point <laughs> of curve on that line like you stopped right before if you had a little the tiniest little stroke more mm-hmm. I could tell that that was a two, <sighs> but no, but Al- anyway <laughs> almost
2: a two <laughs> that's the so.
1: Why do both of you believe that Metal Gear Solid 2 would be perfect for the Switch? Uh, I picked it because obviously it's not on the Switch, mm-hmm. but um, it it's a it's a classic series. Um, and you know, like Snake is in Smash Brothers now, and I feel like for some for one reason or another, it might just be my bias is showing. Like a Nintendo flat platform just seems like home for like classic video games to me. Like it just feels like it would just feel good to have those games on the Switch.
2: I love feeling good while holding my Switch. Yeah. Uh, I also really didn't pick it
0: for portability reasons. Um, obviously, if I did, I would have chosen Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops. Um, but <laughs> Gross. The, it is gross, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, this game is shockingly hard to play. Um, if you want to play Metal Gear Solid 2, you have to own a console that is at least two generations old oh. um and that is a one a crime konami should be arrested by the united states government yeah, for and a held, myriad of other reasons too well yeah but mostly <laughs> because they make it difficult to play Metal Gear solid uh can you arrest a company uh we'll f- fucking try uh <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> we the u.s government president chad uh no
2: just like you know like America, oh, this... I'm sensing a conspiracy of sorts. The chat is at the end of. Regardless, this is all superfluous and useless. You both selected the same game, so I'm going to reward thirteen bonus points to the both of you. Wow! All right. Yeah. God, right. it is. It is a capital L I have written on that. No, it absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah. And now, the finale. The Creme de la Creme. Game of the Year. Please silence for the ripping of the Game of the Year envelope. Mm -hmm. That actually sounded pretty good. Thank you. And he gets to go first, by the way. I had a lot of practice for this with all the other fucking envelopes. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> you're well-practiced. This
2: is why they make different people rep- open different envelopes at other award shows. That's true. So there's not one guy who's just sitting... getting
1: really good at it.
0: Uh, since this isn't one that you're going to be moderating, mm-hmm. you should just figure out who's is who's and hand it to us. And we'll just say it ourselves.
1: As you wish. All right. Uh, my game of the year this year is Outer Wilds. Um, it it's just that game that we did this year that's like feels like it's what i like about doing this podcast it just came out of nowhere like i heard like a, a couple of youtube channels spotlight it and i was like that sounds interesting went in with like no expectations and really found something that was really unique and different um and really captivated me and like sucked me in and i was just like when I was playing it, I was just thinking about like when I like when I went to, was at work, I was just thinking about getting on and playing more Outer Wilds when I was done with work. Uh, it was just one of those games for me, and kind of similarly to something like Obradin, like unraveling a mystery, like just being plopped into a world and having to figure out what happened there was really appealing. So yeah, like exploration is one of my favorite things in games, and it really delivered uh, a special experience.
0: Yeah uh yeah this was this was a hard year because i think we talked we talked about a lot of games that were definitely on that list of things i had to dig through it to figure out um like outer wilds is a fucking amazing game uh it was a totally new experience for me and one that i considered here um metal gear solid 2 historically one of my favorite games maybe my favorite game ever made mm-hmm. um depending on when you ask me, uh, was a game that we played this year, and I thought it did hold up. Like, I don't feel worse about it. But ultimately, I have to give it to Hades. Um, And the primary reason for me giving it to Hades here, I did love the game, that is not in question. <laughs> nope. uh, similarly to your take on the Outer Wilds, I was thinking about Hades all the time. But it was like a, it was that fucking scene of the woman looking around and numbers are flying all over the place. That was me with Hades. Uh, the thing that that Hades really did for me was it opened a whole genre to my understanding in a way that had never been done before. I, I basically never really played roguelikes. I had played about three. I liked half of one of those, (laughs) Uh, and since I've played Hades, I've gone back and played older roguelikes, and I've been playing newer roguelikes as they've been coming out, Um, and am actually enjoying myself for the first time, maybe, with the genre, uh, now that I have an understanding. So, for that actual change in my taste, I have to hand it to Hades.
1: I thought you might go with Xenoblade. Xenoblade I kind of forgot about Hades for some reason. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah. That's definitely the right answer for chat. <laughs> yeah. I
2: I believe this year, even me at the at the very, at the periphery edge of video games where I belong
1: mm-hmm.
2: have has been able to sense that this has been truly a great year for games and therefore a great year for us as well. <laughs> Are you laughing, Chad, at my at the love that I am professing to the medium of games
1: in this moment? It just caused him such joy. It did. That is fair. Also, I
0: was thinking of that time that I said Ocarina of Wines. <laughs> it's a good memory. <laughs> a good year. A uh, good
1: year for games. good year for games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, And I look forward to many more joyous gaming years when I get to come here and judge all of the decisions that you make. Uh, and as is traditional... Knight, uh, the host of the year, on the basis of the results of the Game of the Year episode, which by three points our victor is Andy Kenick, Knight of No Clip. I touched his shoulders there with the sword. <laughs> I, I wanted to clarify that I'm mm-hmm. very
0: humbled and honored for the audience.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll I'll edit in the sound of a knighting happening <laughs> there. That makes sound being knighted. Yeah, You know, you get the little
2: tap noise maybe like if you were a knight in armor it would be louder probably can you just put my voice through a filter that makes me sound more like queen like oh i like could probably do England? that yeah. that'd be great that'd right. be cool just for the get whole it. podcast yeah all right get it. <laughs> good andy your peerage is in the mail uh i it's just because i already knew you were going to win because i decided who would win in advance as i do every year if you look back
0: we didn't keep score ever Mm -hmm. but i'm pretty sure that andy has never lost
1: yep andy i am undefeated you're really racking up the peerages (laughs) at this point i think i'm just the only one that actually takes it seriously It is,
0: it is It's on his fucking he, he has to get a new driver's license every year To
2: tack another sir Onto the beginning of his name uh, Not well known because there are so few Who manage to reach that echelon of knighthood But the more knightings you
1: receive You just get extra sirs I'm withholding my title from the 100th episode Of being the only one of us Who actually likes playing video games <laughs> Understandable uh, the night of the square table that we sit at <laughs> thank you for listening to no clip this week what are we talking about next time next
0: time we're gonna be talking about metroid dread <laughs> <laughs> was that spooky enough yeah uh, it was very dreadful Good yeah job. uh which you fucking know about it Uh-huh. and this has already gone on too long uh Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at NoClippodcast.com or on SplatterShot.pro. Yes, I am still paying for that domain. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Excellent choice. There you can find our email address, the Twitter link to our Discord where you can talk about the games. Such as the NoClip Awards 2020. That's not a game. Uh, But... (laughs) It is an episode you could listen to. You could listen to any of the category winners, uh especially why are you slowing down with every word because <laughs> i I'm trying to process what other things to recommend based on this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's a pretty bad sign when you're like, what can I do that I can recommend to other people? And you're like, oh crap, it's nothing? That's not good. That's not great. Did you
1: need to recommend anything more than just the previous years?
2: Well, not
0: by numbers, but we normally say two or three things. Do
1: you guys have any like Digimon content?
2: Because I've noticed those people are pretty voracious about the stuff that they do. That is true. Next time,
0: instead of Metroid Dread, we're going to be talking about Digimon, the card game. welcome to the
1: no clip awards i'm chad Rutherford. i'm andy kinnick it, it, it you fall right back into the old habits i was waiting for jj to go <laughs> i knew you were gonna do that i mean, definitely doubled yeah do it again,
2: uh, Chad. More music.
0: All right. Hey, da